Well, good morning, church. Good morning, Table Life Church. Good morning, everybody that's worshiping with us online. I'm so grateful that you're here for uh, my first Sunday as uh, the lead pastor here, and um, and just all that God is doing and and has in store for this community. And so I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us here in person, also online. And um, and I have to tell you, as I was just preparing for this message, I was just thinking about um, uh, th- this new season. Uh, that, that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is a new season, talking about seasons. And, um, and, and I think I'm just really, really blessed because I'm entering into a, I've moved to a place that has seasons, right? Pennsylvania is known for seasons. I just moved here from the state of Virginia, and I'm grateful. I have to say thank you, God, for not moving me to Florida, where there's one eternal season, those of you who have lived there before. So I want to start off with a question here today for everybody. Um, What is your favorite season? What is your favorite season? What I'd like you to do is if you're in the room, turn to somebody around you. Maybe it's somebody new you don't know. Introduce yourself. I'd like you to just share that answer to that question. If you're worshiping online, say it to the computer. Say it to somebody else in the room. Just a split second. Go ahead. One, two, three. Ready, go. Okay, we, we got them started, and it's, it's always hard. Right? This is a talkative bunch. I love y'all already. This is fantastic. Uh, so I want to reveal to you, we don't have time to share everybody's answer, but I want to reveal to you a couple of answers I got this week as I posed that very question to our board and our staff. So this is our, our, one of our staff members. Um, can you guess what season this is that she likes? Fall. This is Becca, who is our church administrator slash um, cat herder, everything all along. Um, this is her tire swing by her house on the river, right on the river. Beautiful fall. Okay, let's see the next one. What is fall? We have a lot of people that like fall. I can't wait for fall here. This is going to be awesome. So I thought it was a tidal wave, but it's actually a tree. Um, um, that's, that's Pastor Becky. Our children's pastor, she likes fall too. Okay, let's go to the next one. This is hunting season. Hunting season. The whole season, it kind of goes across multiple seasons. This is Pastor Jeff sharing that. And let's see the next one. That's me. I like summer, except not when it's 95 degrees out and you are sweating like a pig. Um, But that's also the season that pumpkins start growing. And you will find that I am one of the biggest pumpkin spice fans that there is. Um, everything. I still literally, I, this morning, I'm drinking pumpkin spice coffee. This is frozen from 2020 in my freezer. Um, but I love summer because of the beach, because of the great weather. Um, and this is our, our awesome church board. Um, we had a little drawing exercise. It's a little bit hard to see, but we have such, such talent in this church. This is the art show that I promised everybody. We had one person, I forget who it was, that said winter. Just one. Um, it was pretty amazing. Um, so, so what is your favorite season? Um, and, and so here at Table Life Church, um, those of you present here, you know, we're, we're entering in a new season. We're entering in a new season in multiple ways, dare I say. You know, if you're joining us today, you're part of a new season of ministry here at Table Life. 
Um, but we're also entering into a new season of post-pandemic life, of what a friend of mine calls the COVIDian era that we've been surviving the last year, year and a half or so, but also new seasons in our lives. And just from some of the conversations I've had with folks in this room, some folks in the community, um, friends of mine, I'm feeling that many of us are going and entering into a new season in our own lives. So, so just by a raise of hands here in the room, how many would say in some way, shape, or form, you are entering into a new season? Some kind of new season. Look at all the hands. Just look around. This room is full. Those of you online, you know, probably the, reflecting that scene. Maybe it's the teenage era. You now have these things called teenagers. Or maybe you are no longer a 12-year-old, but you are entering into your teenage years. We have empty nesters. You know, you're like, who is this person that I've been married to for the last 18 years, right? Um, graduates, we have a lot of graduates, people moving on to, from, from school, trying to, to figure out what God is calling them to. Um, for some of us, it's things that like, we haven't chosen. It, maybe it's a health matter, a season of life that you couldn't do what you did before. Maybe it's a work thing, it's a new job, you're entering into a new position. Maybe you're moving. I just moved, oh man, is that a new season, right? You go through all that stuff that you've accumulated and you're like, why, why did I keep this, right? Um, maybe you have a new season of aging parents. Uh, you're, we just mentioned in our, our prayer requests, um, having parents that are uh, elderly or we're trying to figure out some different health things going on. Maybe it's in adulthood. Maybe you are stepping out of your, your teenage years and childhood and entering into this weird thing called adulthood and paying bills and whatnot. Or, or maybe just a season in your marriage or in your relationships, in your friendships. And I was thinking about this, right? Seasons can take a, a multi multitude of forms. They can be the seasons, the summer, spring, winter, fall kind of seasons. But they can also be episodic. If you're a Netflix or a Hulu fan or, you know, those of us that, that binge those things, you can go through season after season. For some of us, I think our lives could be one of those shows. You know, think about that. What show would your life be if it were put on Netflix? Or if it were aired live, would it be Survivor? Would it be Ozark? Would it be Fuller House? Uh, as, as we're entering into different seasons, they have different impacts on us. But what I want to talk about today is this idea that a new season is a new opportunity. It's a new opportunity that as we exit a season, as we exit a season, there is no choice to go back. Even though we might long for it, even though in our hearts we would love to enter it, what we have to ask is how are we going to move forward? And the kind of main idea, if you don't get anything else out of this message today, the main idea I want to talk about is don't waste the beginning. Don't waste the beginning of a new season. And that's why we're starting this new series today over the next four weeks, that, that there's a long history of people of faith who have thought about this idea of seasons and change. The idea of starting and stepping into a new season and doing it well. And, and through that, through that, we see there's so many stories in Scripture of people who have come to a new understanding of God and what is required of them. And, and so today, today we're going to be looking at the story of the, in the book of Joshua, we're going to be walking through. And that's what I love about Joshua in the Old Testament. Um, in Hebrew, it's really interesting. Uh, the name Joshua is Yeshua. 
Yeshua, the original language that the scripture, the Hebrew scriptures were written in. And Yeshua means to rescue. It also means to deliver. It can also be interpreted as my salvation. And what's really cool, so this is the, the geeking out in me, um, the really cool is that the Greek form of the name of Joshua is Jesus. Is Jesus. So the ancient Christians, thousands of years ago, ancient Christians saw Joshua as a typology, is what they call it, for Jesus. As, as kind of laying out a, 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 an idea of what Jesus, who Jesus was and what he would become. He was called in Hebrews the second Joshua, leading his people to victory, entering into God's promise, interceding for sin, just like Jesus would come to do, but even in a more powerful way. And if we look back to the previous season before Joshua, we see the story of Abraham, right? Father Abraham, um, just a little hint, worship rehearsal was very entertaining this morning. We sang all, I heard all these songs reminiscent of like years ago. One, Father Abraham, I don't know if you ever did that, if you ever went to vacation Bible school. If you didn't, thank Jesus for that. Um, But Abraham, so Abraham, chosen by God, his family became the people of Israel, And then over time, things happen, and they become enslaved in Egypt. And then there's this guy, this very unique man, that God calls through a burning bush to lead the people out of Egypt. What was his name? Moses. Moses. That he was called to lead the people out of Egypt to a land called the Promised Land, right? that they needed to obey God's commandments so they could show all the other nations what God is like. And so we, we cap that story off in Deuteronomy. Um, Genesis, Exodus, uh, why am I, my mind is blanking. Um, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm like so excited here. Numbers, Deuteronomy. Um, and so, so we, have, uh, we have Moses who is capping off that story in the last episode where Moses is standing on Mount Pisgah And he's gazing down at the land. Imagine that. He's gazing down at the land that was long promised to him, and he would never enter. He would never enter. And we imagine he's probably really weary and worn out from years of leadership. You know, it said people that enter into leadership positions or an office, they, you know, they kind of show those pictures, the before and after. They have a lot of hair, and it's dark at the beginning, and then afterwards, not so much, and kind of light, right? And imagine, that was probably Moses. And, and he, he looks down at this land and he realizes he and these people that he has led are never going to see it. And Moses dies there in Moab. And the Israelites, they weep over his death for 30 days. And the credits roll. Then the end comes. But gladly, the story does not end there. God's relationship with his people did not end with Moses' death because that's when a new season begins. So we cap off from Deuteronomy, we enter into Joshua, Joshua chapter 1, and the first couple of verses tell us this. After the, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. So so what do we recognize from this? Well, as the new season begins, the first thing is that in order to say hello, you also have to say goodbye. That sometimes when you enter into a new season, it's because there's been a death of the old season. 
that Moses' death, it divides Israel's history into really two distinct uh, places of salvation, this wilderness wandering time, this identity forming time, and this time without seeing what had been promised to them. But then Joshua, Joshua 1 picks up the, the drama of these people, the people of God and their move to the promised land. And he's appointed as their new leader. And it's kind of, it echoes a little bit of where our place in history, right? That we've been promised that there was a, that first coming, that kind of, of Jesus who started this whole thing. But we're in this in-between time before the promised land is actually realized. And that's where Joshua enters in on the scene. And, and I don't know about you, but goodbyes are hard, aren't they? But, but it's often, often necessary for us to say goodbye in order to enter into that new chapter. Um, a couple weeks ago, I left my, my previous church, Salem Fields Community Church, and with it, I left behind some things, because sometimes you got to leave some things. This is my couch in my office, was my couch in my office. It's called, it was formerly called the Pineapple Couch. Um, it was donated by a neighbor of a friend of a friend, that whole thing, um, actually one of my, my colleagues. And so I was a, a little bit um, covetous of this couch. I wanted it to remain. And um, another colleague of mine said that she was going to take it and cover it. And I said, it's a pineapple couch, right? You can't touch my old pineapple couch. She said, well, why don't you take it with you? I'm like, no, I'm not taking it. So what I did was what you do if you don't want something to be touched. You put a memorial on it, and you say, this is the new Chris Beckert memorial couch. Don't you dare ever, ever touch this. In church life, we do that sometimes too, right? But sometimes we have to let something go, leave something behind. You know, for, for me, it was like literally a couch, and it was also a bunch of boxes of things that I had to go through. But, but also sometimes what worked in one setting or one time is not effective in a new season. If you're in a part of the recovery community, you know this. That as you've been going through recovery, you know, you've been, been dealing with those urges to, to, you know, to go, go smoke that again or visit the bar. Sometimes you have to cut off some relationships. You have to ha there has to be a death. There has to be a goodbye in order for you to enter into a new season of recovery. Or else you'll, you'll keep gravitating back. Um, for, for us here at Table Life Church, um, I, I have to say this, I have the privilege of stepping into this role, um, building on the foundation of your two past previous pastors who are amazing, amazing men. And I know both of them personally, and that just makes it even more awesome. Uh, Pastor Steve, he was on my, my board of credentialing for me to be ordained. Uh, Pastor Rob, he was a friend of mine from when he was in Washington, D.C. at the Mosaic Church. And I have to say, they have done amazing work here at Table Life Church. But now we enter into a different time and a different context. And as we just related, you know, lots of things have happened in the last couple years that we don't even, we're, our community, our world is not the same as it was even five years ago, even a year ago. Uh, gone are the days of a, of a building-centered church, honestly. Gone are the days that we would just put up a sign out there and say, build it and they will come, that people should go to church on Sunday. Uh, those, we know people, you and I have friends, that you know, church isn't even on their radar. You know, they might even be curious about Jesus, but they're not sure of, of what that looks like. So for us, it might mean you know, visit, revisiting some things and saying goodbye to some things that maybe were effective in their own time. 
but that we need to be able to take on some new practices that Lord is, the Lord has made available to us. That, that it's a time to say hello and to embrace where we are because the fields are ripe for harvest. That maybe in this new season, it's time for us to say goodbye before we're able to say hello. Maybe in a new season in your life, there's some goodbyes that need to happen to some practices, to some things, maybe even to some people. Some, because there's always going to be that need to step in. So, and I can promise this, is that when we enter into a new season, us together or you personally, um, there will be challenges. And I think that's what Joshua also recognizes, is that beginning of a new season is also a place to receive new challenges. And dare I say, I would even add this, to embrace new challenges. Challenges aren't necessarily the ugly, evil things that sometimes we make them out to be. And, and I also mention them plurally. There's going to be multiple. So we continue. Um, the Lord tells Joshua, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend, get this, from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, that sounds challenging, right, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Receive new challenges, Joshua. It's not going to be the same as it was with Moses. That was one chapter. That was one season in the story. But you're stepping into a new one. And, and the Lord brings out these, these two ideas of some untamed challenges. You know, first, the Jordan River, which I think represents to us things that are not in our control. We encounter challenges that are totally out of our control. You know, some of those, those health things that, that I mentioned. Sometimes there, there's challenges that actually happen through actual deaths. Um, I don't know how many folks in the room who have had a friend or a family member pass away in the last year. Um, I lost a dear aunt um, this, this past Christmas time, and, and it's been such a hard thing for, for our family to walk through, especially in this next season as we reminisce and we go to the beach and we remember her and the things that she loved that were near and dear. So that, that, those were kind of the untamed challenges, things that are out of our control. But there's also the unknown challenges, things that we don't know that we don't know, but they're there. See, God challenges Joshua to step into his promise and the promised land, because we all know, you know, I know, the future is full, full of surprises. At the beginning of 2020, nobody realized that it would be a year of meetings wearing no pants, some of you are, yeah, you did that, right? You were on Zoom with your Sunday school class or with your work colleagues or whatever, and you did the, you know, the nice shirt and, and all that. Or pets showing up to virtual school. The dog or the cat jumped on. You know, my cat likes to join in meetings even if they are gathered together physically in my living room. Uh, some of you were part of that this past week. Um, but one of my favorite authors um, says this, Bob Goff. He says, embrace uncertainty. Some of the most beautiful chapters in our lives won't have a chapter, won't have a chapter till much later. They won't have a chapter till much later. They won't have that until we look back on it. So let's embrace those challenges. Because we can face them, but it's not out of our own strength and energy. We can face them because... Lord continues with Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and, say this with me, courageous. Courageous. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. 
I love this, this phrase, strong and courageous. It's echoed multiple times throughout Scripture, throughout the Bible. And what we don't realize in this, I didn't realize this until I was doing some of the research here, is that it was actually a very popular ancient saying to say to someone before battle. Be strong and courageous. We say things like if somebody is going to be in a, a play or a musical or go out on the ball field, we say things like break a leg, right? Which one, you know, break a leg, be strong and courageous, you know, sounds very encouraging, right? Or we say, you know, do, you know, do your best, you will rock this, you're going to be awesome, work hard, play hard. Well, they said be strong and courageous. And most of the time, all the time actually, the saying was focused on the strength and the might of the warrior. The guy who was out in the gym lifting the weights beforehand, he was practicing his, his sword fighting or his cavalry. He was, he was working really, really hard. But here and at other times in scripture, God becomes the primary actor in that phrase. God owns it as the source of that strength and that courage. And that's what is brought to Joshua's attention. See, the Old Testament scriptures, they're really stories. The story of Joshua is really a story about God, less about Joshua. It's a story about, about God and his faithfulness, even through this pain and strife and, and adventure. See, this, this phrase was not a call to be vigorous in war, but rather to trust and depend on the Lord. And so the Lord repeats it again to Joshua in verse 7, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate it on day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? He says it again. There we go. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So, And I think that reminds us, though, that we have to trust in the process we have to trust the process. And, and I think as people of faith, we can interject trust God's in the process. We know that we're not alone in this. We trust that God is in the process. Because in those times of preparation, uh, imagine Joshua had been Moses' aide for a number of years. He'd been walking at his side. He knew the people there. He knew that leadership style. He knew what was ahead. But was probably a lot of time that it felt like nothing was happening in his own leadership. God's often doing his greatest work when it looks like nothing is happening. And I think in my own story, I think uh, looking back, I didn't know it at the time, but, but that was, resonates with me. It's very true. Because um, a little bit of my story is that I started out as an environmental scientist, and now I'm cultivating environments for faith to grow. So that was me back in... I was trying to date this. This is probably like 2006, something like that, 2007. Um, so working for the University of Maryland Center for Environmental Science as a science researcher. Um, and, and it's funny because at the time I had no idea what God was doing, that God was even doing anything. But it was through that experience, through a, several invitations to church and to faith. Um, actually, it was a... a believe it or not, a lady at the lab facility where I worked, um, she started a church at lunchtime. She was office administrator. She started a church at lunchtime in our lunchroom, and we met once a week, and um, 
what I would call a fresh expression of church. And it was because of that lady who was working a full-time job and was obedient to God's call was that Iyer entered back into a life of faith and developed a relationship with Jesus Christ. This was a non-ordained person. This was not a pastor. This was a person, an everyday person, just doing her job and being obedient to God's call. And it was at University of Maryland that God began to work in my life. But also, through that experience, I learned different skills, too, that I use now, which is really, really cool. Um, communication. I had to get up there and do like 20 to 30 minute presentations and basically tell all different audiences of people about what I was researching. Communication. Um, developing relationships with people. Developing a team. All that time, I look back and I say, I didn't know it, but God was preparing me for what's next, for this season. And I believe the same thing is true for you. Whatever season, whatever your age, that God's been doing stuff. Look back. Take some time in prayer. That, that the Lord is telling Joshua in this, in this section here, he's talking about, you know, take that time to focus. When you enter a new season, there's lots of distracting things, Joshua, but focus on me. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate it on day and night. And I believe he's telling him, you will see the fruit of that labor. And the story continues. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. This is Joshua's response here. He says, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. And I believe in that time God was also cultivating in Joshua those relationships that would help bring the whole troops, all of them, to the other side here. That three days, imagine that. Have you ever asked that? Am I ready? Lord, am I ready for this? I don't feel ready. I don't seem, doesn't seem like it's ready. You know, those of you who have had children, were you ready to have kids? I don't, if I ask, you know, I don't think there'll be one hand here. Y'all have been laughing, right? Are you ever really, really ready? Sometimes we just have to step in. Take that step into the deep end. And I'll say this, like even as your pastor, you know, there's times that even in the last couple weeks, I've had this thing, um, they describe it as millennials, so I don't know if it's true, but called imposter syndrome. When you feel like you are an imposter, and I think it's, it's our enemy that often inserts those thoughts and ideas, is to say, oh, you can't do this. You're not good enough. You know, you're not ready for it. But we have to trust that God's in the process. That's the truth. And that, that we commit ourselves, not just to the Lord, but also to those around us. And I think in a, in a life of faith, it's, as kingdom people, sometimes it's easier to do one or the other, to commit ourselves to God or to commit ourselves to the community. Well, here Joshua is doing both. Joshua is doing both. It's easy sometimes to commit to God, but to say, ah, those people, they're messed up, Right? That person, I trusted them. They broke my, their trust. They broke their promise. Uh, I can worship. I could just be me and Jesus thing, and that's all good, but I really don't need the community. And, and then there's others of us that say, no, 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 I like the community thing, but I really don't need God. I can just, you know, do it for myself. I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made woman. You know, God helps those who help themselves, which is not in Scripture at all. <laughs> but we tend to gravitate towards one of those, too. But Joshua here is embodying both. Dependence on the Lord, but also commitment to other people. Friends, we need each other. I need you just as much as you need me. 
that we're in this together, that it's not a choice because Jesus never separated the community from his relationship with, with God. And we see that as Joshua calls the people to that commitment, they answer him in verse 16, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. And I don't think this is a robotic response by any means. I don't think they're like, we will send this to you, you know, that, that whole thing. But I think they're trusting Joshua not because of his position, but because of his person. And that's my goal with, with you all here, those of you online, to build relationships of trust among us, between me and you, and among one another, that it's trust and commitment. It's not the position of pastor or board member or ministry leader, but it's the person who we are. And just like Jesus, nobody in this situation was forced to follow. God doesn't force us to do anything. It's always, always an invitation. And so that begins the story. That begins the season for Joshua, and, and I resonate with where he is in that place, building off of a, a trusted leader from the past, stepping into a new role and saying, where are we going in that season of discernment? Because we here, we're entering a new season. You're entering a new season. Don't waste the beginning. Let's not waste the beginning and what God is doing. And maybe for you that means saying the goodbyes that have yet to be said. Maybe it's receiving and embracing the challenge that's in front of you. Or maybe it's just daring to trust God in the process. That's where Joshua was. He stepped in that role to lead Israel. And that's where, that's where his namesake, Yeshua, Jesus, was as he stepped into the role, initiating a new era of humanity and the kingdom of God. And we're invited to be a part of it. So are you ready? You can respond. You can... Are you ready, church? Are you ready for this great adventure ahead of us? Together and individually, because I believe that an amazing season is on its way, that we are going to share together.